Hi, I'm TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I ask that you like, share, and comment on this video. Thanks for watching. All I got to say is, who that? Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Really do appreciate your time. Shouts out to everybody in the chat. Shouts out to everybody listening around the country and around the world. Man, 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 man. It is going to be a busy week uh, for yours truly, but... I said on Twitter, it's the kind of busy that I love. Um, I'm going to be appearing on uh, a few shows uh, this week. I'm excited about that, man. Even got an opportunity to uh, talk to some individuals in the UK. So I just want to let everybody know uh, on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, that's tomorrow, uh, the Corner Boot Podcast, um, I will be uh, on there. On Thursday, of course, is going to be um what is our third annual our third annual uh nfl draft sots edition always an exciting time and also on friday at 6 30 p.m eastern time i will be on the roar of the lions uk to talk a little bit about day one of the nfl draft uh with uh them uh, across the pond so uh make sure that you uh go to twitter follow yours truly at tjay jones eight and also click those links man to make sure that you all uh be able to come on and i'm asking for your support because um every time i go places it's always good to see familiar faces to give me that level of encouragement may sound kind of funny but you know when i see individuals that that help this show be what it is and i see them coming over to other platforms that you know people ask me to be a part of it's always good to see, to encourage and uplift me. Y'all don't know how much that means to me. So I'm asking you, if you're not doing anything around those times that I mentioned, uh, be sure to click on and uh, take part in the shows. It would be it would be great to see some of you uh, in the chat and taking part in those uh, shows. But let's go ahead and talk about this episode. And let's talk about what the Saints are looking at in this year's 2023 NFL draft. Uh, according to many sources, according to uh Saints Nation, um, I've heard uh Nick Underhill mention it, I've heard uh several other media outlets that cover the New Orleans Saints uh mention this. The New Orleans Saints are really, really high on Kalajic Kansi, the defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. I tried to come up with something clever about being high, but never mind. They are very, very high on defensive tackle Kalaja Kansi. 
Um, if you have not been following Kalaja Kansi, he's about six foot one, 281 pounds, and he is at athletic freak. Um, he scored the highest when it comes to athleticism and ability at this year's combine, scoring in the 98 percentile. All right. Um, even though he is undersized for his position, the guy knows how to get to the get to the quarterback. He knows how to stop the run. And he's a guy that has a really high motor. And y'all know the motto here this season on the State of the Saints podcast, no cold motors. And this guy motor runs hot. And I can appreciate that. Um, this guy never gives up on a play. He gives you something in a run game, gives you something in a passing game when it comes to pass rushing. And we know that the Saints need to get a little bit more athletic up front. Um, they, they went and got a little bit more athletic by signing guys like Colin Saunders and Nathan Shepard. But they should no, in no way be done with the interior. Uh, the Saints need to make sure that they start fast. They need to make sure that they're getting pressure on a quarterback. And it starts with a guy like this. Now, is it a foregone conclusion? Is it a foregone conclusion? Are we just wasting our time? Now, I don't know if some of you know this or not, but a lot of these guys behind the scenes, they know who these teams are going to draft. But the NFL talks to these guys, these reporters, and talk to these agents and all this and tell them respectfully um, to, to not say anything. That's one of the main reasons why, you know, all this speculation comes out and then all of a sudden the day before you'll hear this person is going to go first overall. I'll I give you an example. Back in 2006, everybody thought that the Houston Texans were more than likely going to select Reggie Bush, right? The Saints had the second pick in the draft. And everybody thought that Reggie Bush was going to be the first pick overall until the story came out that Demario Williams, um, my, no, Mario Williams was going to be uh, the number one overall pick, right? Not very, very suspenseful. A lot of people were upset about that. They wanted to sit down and watch the draft and be excited to hear Mario Williams name called as the first pick overall, not knowing it beforehand so a lot of these things that you know that are speculative at this point some of it is kind of laced in truth but out of the respect for the show and the suspense and the drama they don't say anything right but back to Kalaja Kansi is it a foregone conclusion that the Saints are going to draft this guy is it a foregone conclusion that the Saints are going to draft this guy there's only one guy that I think can answer this question for me. It is not a foregone conclusion. Rest in peace, Bishop. It's not a foregone conclusion, right, that the Saints are going to get Kalaja Kansi because of some of the things that I mentioned. The guy has a high motor. Check. The guy is scored in the 98 percentile when it comes to athleticism, the top in, in, in the draft among defensive tackles. Check. And not to mention, since his pro day and all the things he did at the combine, he is becoming more and more appetizing for these other teams. <clears throat> and not to mention, even though I feel like it's a waste of time talking about this, but for the sake of the draft, let's go ahead and discuss it. There's still question marks about Jalen Carter and can you get the best out of this guy and can this guy stay focused? You don't have to worry about this with Kalijah Kansi. You already know what you're going to get when it comes to his ability and skill set. And now people are trying to compare him to Aaron Donald. 
I mean, say less. Anytime that you are in the same conversation with Aaron Donald, I mean, a lot of people going to turn around and say, hey, man, now you're talking. Even though when I look at this guy and his ability and his motor and his and his will to uh, win his matchup, dude reminds me, I'm probably about to lose some of you young folks, but he reminds me of former Minnesota Vikings defensive tackle John Randall, a guy who was undersized but never gave up on a play. And growing up as a kid, dude was one of my favorite players. I don't know if it was the fact that he just wore all that black, you know, that eye black all across his face, or it's just the fact that he had a screw loose. I don't know what it was. But he reminds me a lot of John Randall. And John Randall is in the Hall of Fame. Now, even though you may not end up being Aaron Donald, me and John Randall is pretty decent and pretty good, too. That's who he reminds me of. So with this situation with Jalen Carter, you know, um, being out of shape during a pro day, leaving a lot to be desired on that day, uh, the situation that happened that, you know, that 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 happened with the whole drag racing where the coach and his teammate end up uh, dying and tragically in that drag race, all these different things getting stopped by the police. Some teams may look at this and be like, you know what? I don't know if this guy's worth the headache, even though I feel like they got him going to the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, Pete Carroll had Marshawn Lynch, had Richard Sherman, had Earl Thomas, had Cam Chancellor, had all those guys on the team. So, I think he'll be okay if he was to go to Seattle. Or if Pittsburgh moves up, guy like Mike Tomlin probably be able to get the best out of him, right? But anyway, if a team is reluctant, then Kalaja Kansi would be that guy. So in order for the New Orleans Saints to be able to obtain a guy like Kalaja Kansi, you betcha, and you guessed it, they're going to have to move up. Now we're talking about what the Saints are going to have to give up in order for them to move up to acquire a guy like Kalaja Kansi, because I'm about to tell you right now, this guy will not be there at number 29. There is no way, no how, this guy is going to be there at number 29. Anybody that thinks, oh man, we're going to get Kalaja Kansi, no, we're not, okay? The Saints are going to have to move some things around in order for them to obtain it. But we all know that the New Orleans Saints this season have been extremely aggressive. They have shown... Uh, some characteristics that are uncharacteristic of the New Orleans Saints. And we are excited about it, right? You know, they go out here, they want said quarterback, Derek Carr. They got said quarterback, Derek Carr. They, they're, they're recruiting guys to come to the team, right? They're, they're encouraging guys, right? They're, they're moving heaven and earth to try to get what they want. We seen it last year when it came to the trades, with the Philadelphia Eagles, right? They got Chris Olave, they got Trevor Penning in the process. So this, this new Saints regime are showing us that if a guy they feel like is special and they want him to be a part of the organization, they're going to do it. But the only way you're going to get Kalaja Kansas is you're going to have to move up. Now, who can you move up with is the question. Now, there are several other teams out here that have top 10 picks and they also have picks in the teens. The Detroit Lions is one team. I want to say Seattle is another. Uh, you know, New England is a team that you can also probably make a deal with. New England is always looking to try to improve their draft stock and accumulate draft picks. They've been doing this since I don't know how long. So there are some teams that you may be able to negotiate with in order for you to move up, in order to for you to acquire Kalijah Kansi. But 
it's going to be it's going to be a, a very hefty price tag in order for you to move up because I, I, I'm going to be honest. If you are looking at a team between 15 on back, you're probably not going to get this guy. So the Saints are going to have to really make some phone calls and they're probably going to have to make some sacrifices in order for them to get Kalaja Kansi because I do not see, I do not see a scenario where this dude is there 29. Unless like this dude is, you know, unless this dude goes out for a jog the day before the drafts and tear something, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the only way I can see that happening. And I'm knocking on wood because I want this brother to get drafted and, and be, and uh, you know, be a force on any team that he belongs to, Saints or not. But that's the only way I can see that happening. That's the only scenario. The Saints are going to have to trade up in order for them to acquire this guy. He will not be there at 29. So anybody that's out there, I think somebody asked me, um, I apologize. I don't remember the person's name, um, but they asked me about him being there at 29. Um, to answer your question, matter of fact, I'm not going to even answer it, Bishop. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. He will not be there at number 29. You, you better... You bet your bottom dollar that he will not be there. But let's go ahead and read some of your comments. Let's let's go ahead and we'll start with Seth. Uh, Seth says, "I don't like Cansey to the Saints. Uh, he's uh, well, he's too one dimensional. Only really going to be effective against the pass, and we already have a bunch of guys that's going to do that. Uh, how much would he really play?" Uh, Seth, I hate to say that I disagree with you. But I disagree with you, man. Like, this dude is not only just one-dimensional, man. He can also stop the run as well. Like, I, look, I don't feel bad about saying this take because I don't fall in love with highlights. See, that's what we do. Like, I understand what Seth is coming from because probably what you probably saw or probably what you evaluate is Kalijah Kansi's highlights. I don't look at highlights that much. I don't. I don't look at highlights, and here's why. Because highlights can cloud your judgment of what this person is really like. I go to losses or games where the team might get blown out of the water or the game was over before it starts. Pittsburgh was a pretty good team, so it was kind of hard to try to find where they were just completely outmatched. But I watch games like that. And I watch games like that to see if a guy is still fighting, even though the lead seems insurmountable even though the mountain seems a little bit too steep to climb. That's what I watch. And what I saw is a guy that never gives up on a play. What I saw is a guy that is constantly fighting to get into the backfield, to sack the quarterback or bring the running back down. I seen a guy blowing up, uh, you know, I mean, basically just pushing the offensive lineman off their spot, knocking over running backs. And these are in losses, right? These are in, you know, Downs where the quarterback would throw the ball and it'd be a gain of five or a gain of 10, but he's still in the backfield and the quarterback has to get the ball out of his hands quickly. That's what I evaluate. Miss me with all them highlights. The key word is highlights, right? Highlights is your, your best moments, right? So, of course, you're going to get excited if you go watch a guy highlight tape, right? Because all of his great moments are going to be right there at your disposal. My concern is what a guy looks like when the team is down. You can tell a lot from a guy. Anybody ever play organized sports, anybody has ever played on a team and you're getting your butt whooped 
And then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? You still got your your homeboys or your teammates dialed in. That's the guy that I want to go to war with each and every week. The key word set is cold motors, right? We don't want that. We don't want that in 2023. No cold motors. We want guys that's going to constantly fight, that's going to constantly claw, right? I can respect 100% effort than a guy looking up at the scoreboard and saying we ain't got a chance. This dude never gives up on a play for that. He can play on my team, right? And, and it's not because of the highlights. Once again, I'm encouraging anybody that's watching film, please, if you're starting a podcast, if, you, if you're just into watching college guys as they transition to the pros, don't just look at highlights. Don't just look at highlights and do your podcast. Look at the highlights and the lowlights. It might take you a while, right? Because... If you put it in, everything going to come up, everybody highlights. You're probably going to have to go to the team and go look at their win-loss record and pick out one of those losses and watch the tape and watch that individual work. And you that will tell you a lot about an individual, in my honest opinion. If that person is about that life, are they just trying to, you know, they're trying to chase sacks and, and, and trying to grandstand and hot dog. Like, that, that, that tells you a lot. That tells you a lot, man. Uh, this guy is a good talent, but he's no Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald had a 27 tackle for loss uh, in just uh, his senior uh, season coming out of college. Well, look, n- there's not many people that's going to be Aaron Donald, all right? And I think that the key word is the comparison, right? The comparison to him. Like, he he can dominate a game like Aaron Donald has. But to say that he's Aaron Donald, I I, I wouldn't go that far. But – He's a guy that doesn't give up on a plan for that. Like I said, you can do something with that. I can do something with a guy that never gives up on a plate. What you're going to have is a guy that's going to give you 100% effort. And if he's giving you 100% effort and he lacks certain things, you can teach him that because he's going to be willing to learn because he wants to be the best, period. So I just think like, look, the comparison to Aaron Donald, that's fine, but I, 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 you got to be careful with that type of stuff because if a guy doesn't pan out to be Aaron Donald or give you the the same accurate or exact type stat line as Aaron Donald, then we, you know, there's this saying, we throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not doing it, right? I, I don't know if the guy's going to be Aaron Donald. I don't see Aaron Donald, but I see John Randall. I see I see a lot of John Randall in this dude. So, yeah, that, that's that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, TJ, that's a good pick. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Troy says, uh, here we go again with the giving up number one pick. I don't agree with the move. Um, th- I mean, here we go again with the number one pick. Look, here's the reality, man. If a team is high on a guy that is this good, you're going to have to give something up about, you know, for it. That's just, that, it's just that simple. You know, like you can talk about giving, you know, you know, you can t- talk about how that may make you feel, but if if the Saints feel like this dude is the, a, a generational talent and that can be that cornerstone player for years to come, they're going to draft him. And honestly, it goes back to what I've been saying. I may have said this a couple episodes back. Nobody cares if a guy ends up being everything that you want him to be if you give up something for him. If this guy goes out here and the Saints uh, give up a pick and this dude goes on to be defensive player of the year and he gets double-digit sacks in his first year, would anybody care 
that the Saints gave up a draft pick for him? Absolutely not. If this dude has a dominant season and the Saints make the playoffs, who cares? Like, seriously, who, who would actually care? Nobody. What, what matters to us is when we give up these picks and it ends up looking like how it is right now with Philadelphia having a 10 pick in a draft. Now it seems like it's the dumbest idea ever, right? Because the Saints gave up this and they weren't very good and they cost themselves a top 10 pick. But I can easily make an argument back in 2018 where the Saints end up trading with the Green Bay Packers for to move up to get Marcus Davenport. Well, the Saints went to the NFC Championship game that year. So what were they picking? Where they at right now, right? Uh, 29 or 30, I can't remember. But who cares? You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, because the Saints were good. Nobody was like, nobody was tripping on that. Nobody would nobody started tripping on Davenport, to be honest with you. Nobody started tripping about the Davenport trade until maybe like 2020, when the Saints like really start to like start missing the playoffs and they start, you know what I'm saying, getting those those quick exits. That's when we start looking and starting to figure out, like, man, why we did this. If we would have got Lamar Jackson, or we would have got this, like if Marcus Davenport would have came out here and been dominant, nobody would have cared. We just only care because the things don't work out the way that we want them to work out. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's always a stupid idea after the fact, right? If you start, if you set out to do something, right, and you feel like that you can do it and it, it comes crashing down, then all of a sudden it's the dumbest idea in the world. But if you go out there and you do it, and then all of a sudden it works, you know, like, who can, like you don't care about what you had to do or sacrifice in order for you to get it or do it or attain it. Who cares? That's just, that just how it is, man. Like, it's just a dumb idea because the idea didn't work. If, the, if it did work, then they would look like geniuses. There's a fine line between genius and insanity, folks. Stop looking at highlights. I won't say stop looking at highlights. I won't say stop looking at highlights. I won't say stop looking at highlights. I'm saying it three times, right? Because you want to get excited about a guy, right? But you don't want to just fall in love with the highlights. You want to be able to come up with a, a logical conclusion based on good moments as well as bad moments. Because sometimes if you get so suckered in by highlights, you might fail to see this guy's imperfections or maybe not fully understand why this guy may not be the best pick for you. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to say don't don't watch highlights. Um, I don't want to say be highlightless, like Jerry says. But, you know, have a, have a mixture of both worlds here. You know, like have a good and a bad. Right. Because if you watch too many lowlights, you're like, man, get this dude up out of here. But watching a highlight, you want to have a good balance. You don't want to just make your takes based on five minutes of great moments from a guy's like collegiate career. I just feel like you, you kind of setting yourself up for that. So watch both. Uh, I do like the comparison to John Randall, uh, especially over Aaron Donald. But I don't see enough play strength to block shed uh, effectively. Uh, efficiently uh but uh you're not wrong uh he's gonna get after it well here's the thing i understand why you feel this way because of his size but that doesn't affect that doesn't bother me at all because if you notice there has been a huge trend of athletic guys who are considered undersized to a certain extent but they still getting after it um i like what i saw like a guy this this size 
should not be able to move guys out of the way like he does. His lowest center of gravity sometimes helps him out against some of those offensive linemen because it's hard for them to put their hands on him because he can get very, very low and dip underneath and get to the quarterback. But there's a lot of good qualities about him. Now, yes, you know what I'm saying? There are probably going to be some times where, you know, he might get blown off the line of scrimmage because of his, his size. But for the most part, you're probably going to get more positive than negative based on what I saw. And also, we got to be careful because we we don't want to just look at these guys as what they are right now, right? They're not where they're going to be five years from now. I don't care how good you were coming out of college. You're going to be a better version of yourself if you apply yourself and you align yourself with the right coaches and stuff like that is the right fit you're going to be really really good i mean the dude is what 22 years old so he's going to get with a strength and conditioning coach he's going to be able to you know have have the money to be able to get the nutritionist and get the get the strength guy and get the personal trainer and be able to be everything they wants to be so if this dude is this good right now with the with the focus and the dedication that he has right now imagine what he can be with certain resources at his disposal you know, that's all I'm saying, you know, but I can understand your reluctancy about him. Reluctance, excuse me, your reluctance about this guy. I can understand that, but I don't know, man. I, I Like watching this dude and some of Pitt's losses continue to fight and battle the way that he did. He won my respect, right? I mean, he won my respect and he was winning those battles, even though his team didn't win the war, you know, <laughs> like, so for that. Uh, he gets some check marks on a already really, really good, uh, you know, collegiate career. Uh, let's see. Uh, do do y'all think we should trade for Chase Young from the Commanders? Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. Number one, uh, Chase Young isn't going anywhere. I'll be shocked. Absolutely shocked if he does. Number two. Man. I, God bless the brother, but Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport, two guys that have already been hurt. Chase Young shows flashes, but the brothers, since he come into the league, he's been hurt. That's all I'm saying. So why, like, no, we want to break the, we want to break the cycle, right? You know, say like the soul say, break every chain. You know what I'm saying? We try to break the cycle of drafting guys and signing guys that spend more time in the tub than the club you know what i'm saying like i'm not saying that chase young isn't good i think that he is he has otherworldly talent generational talent but i ain't been seeing it i haven't seen it i, I have not seen it so you know not enough at least i've seen it but not enough i'll be happy with any d-line regardless of size as long as he can affect the quarterback on third down i agree with that you got a lot of good pass rushers in this draft, folks. I'm telling you right now, a lot of good, a lot of good pass rush. Uh, I'm still happy that we did not sign Karen Rogers. <laughs> yeah, he went to the Jets, man. I'm going to be talking about that on a Gumbo Pie Sports podcast. That's going to be coming out later on tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. I got a couple more topics that I want to talk about, too, uh, including uh, the hypocrisy of Coach Deion Sanders and his son, Shadura Sanders. Got to talk about that. Let's see. Um, I'm the Saint. If I'm the Saints at number 29, I'm picking best player available. And if that's running back, then I'm taking it. Well, yeah. 
look, you want to get the best player available that's going to be able to help your team, you know, right now, right? So whatever that may be, uh, rather it's running back, rather it's a, a pass rush, rather it's another defensive tackle, offensive lineman that you saw, you want to get the best guy that you can possibly can get to help your team win. That's that's the motto. Uh, do you think Kansi arm link will have him fall? No, I do not. Not at all. I, I don't feel that way at all. I think that this dude is going to be the second defensive tackle taken off the board, in my honest opinion. And I think he's going to hear his name called very, very early. Uh, maybe if he enters the 20s. If he enters the 20s, I'll be shot. I would be shocked if Kalaja can't see his 20s. If he's not drafted before number 15, I'll be shocked. Shocked. Also, I'll take Osiris Torrance, Trent Simpson, and Keon White uh, if Kalaja can't see is not there when we pick. A lot of good guys right there, man. Cyrus Torrance is a guy that I, I felt for a good little minute that the Saints would have went after in the first round. That is, was until... They decided to negotiate with Andres Pete. And now I just realized that Andres Pete is going to be back with the New Orleans Saints as a starting guard. So my question would be like, why would you do that? A lot of my scenarios and in my scenarios and thought patterns behind the Saints offensive line had a lot to do with me thinking that Andres Pete wasn't going to be there. That was the whole theory about sliding Trevor Penning into the inside and maybe drafting a left tackle. Uh, in the draft, you know, but now that Andres Pete is there, I don't see the Saints actually doing it or uh, wasting a first round pick on offensive lineman. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Let's see. Uh, if they are moving up for anyone, they better keep their first round pick for next year. Well, I'm pretty sure that for you to move up like that probably going to cost you a first round pick from next year you know like or you know yeah it's probably going to cost you a first round pick I, I can't think of no any, any scenario that wouldn't put you to move from 29 to the teens yeah you're probably going to have to give a first round pick for that uh would like to see a trade with philadelphia for the 20th pick next year uh first and Taysom hill pick uh Kansi at 20 and Darrell uh william i mean Darrell washington at 29 Hope to get the best edge or another defensive tackle at 40. Well, that's some good, that's some good uh thinking right there when it comes to like, you know, I won't say uh, well, that that's that's some good strategy right there. I don't know if anybody would, you know, I don't know if Philly would give up their first round pick for Taysom Hill, you know, like for you know, and, and for the Saints to get the what 20? Let me see. They, they wait a minute. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't see that happening. And I think for Philadelphia, they pick at number 30, right? Weren't they like number 30 or 31 or something like that in this year's draft? Uh, so they got the 10 and the 30th pick, I think. So the way I look at it, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. But it, it, like, it, it doesn't really make that much sense to me for you to be able to to, to have to give up that just for you to get two first-round picks. Not this year, at least. You know, like, I feel like the way the Saints are positioned at 29, they still can get a really good, solid player at that at that pick. They don't have to move up. Unless they, like, really, truly in love with somebody and they feel like it's worth it. So, but, I mean, that thought pattern, not bad. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. 
I, I just think that uh, in this draft, in a way that the Saints have been playing, and there's not much there's not much confidence when it comes to this coaching staff for me to be able to like give up a first round pick because this could easily like, you know, you may not want this and you, your ego may not even want you to speak this into existence, but I mean, you, you picking, you should like, you had the tent pick in a draft, like theoretically, you know what I'm saying? The Eagles got the tent pick because of your ineptitude last season. So if I'm a GM, like I'm not thinking about giving up my first round pick for next year because that first round pick can end up being higher enough to get like Caleb Williams or, you know what I'm saying, one of these other star quarterbacks that they have out here. I hope not, but hey, I mean, you got to be honest with yourself. Uh, trade down for a more cheaper pick. I mean, you only got what, about three more picks after, you know, after you pick at 29? So, so you might well just move down to the second round if that's the case. Uh, I do really like Kansi as a player. Uh, he's got a great future. I just don't really like the fit for our team, one, especially over another, uh, some other defensive uh, tackles like Brees, Smith, or Dexter. Well, like I said, man, I think this dude is, <laughs> I think this dude is like really, really good, man. And I may, I may uh, be eating crow for this, but I think he better than, every dude that you just named on that list, like seriously, like, you know, as far as like in his position being ready, like Brees, I feel like Brees reminds me. Well, I won't say who he reminds me of, but he has like a high motor as well. Uh, He's really strong, but he's kind of one dimensional. A guy like Nolan Smith, I would love to have. He's my top guy who I would want. Uh, but you're still going to have to put a little bit more pounds on him, get a little bit more muscle in order for him to be a real, really effective um, edge rusher. And uh, Dexter, you know, I just feel like, you know, I, like when it comes down to it, I just think that Kansi is better. You know, I think that he'll be able to give you something right away. All those other guys, they'll be able to give you something, but I just think that it's, it's going to be – a little bit more of a learning curve for them than it is for him. I just think he's going to hit the ground running. I'll be shocked if he's not. I would be shocked if he doesn't go by number 15, and I'll be shocked if he isn't in it, if he's not what I'm saying he is right now. I'll be shocked. Uh, did you see the buzz that Will Levis could go number one overall? What are your thoughts on that? Um, Look, I'm not a real big fan of Will Levis. I'm just not. I'm not a fan of him. I just think that he's more hype. Um, I don't understand like how a guy can have that stat line last season and people aren't looking at him like, man, I don't know about this guy. We had like 18 touchdowns, 10 picks, right? And just because he goes out here and he's making videos and, you know what I'm saying, throwing a ball 50 yards, like, dude, just like, I don't know, man. Like, there's a love affair going on between Will Levis and Will Levis. You know, that's that's the way I feel about it. I think he loves himself some Will Levis. And I'm always very reluctant about guys like that. I wonder what type of like what type of teammate he's gonna be. Dude gives me like some Jay Cutler vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've seen this guy like answer questions uh from the media, like when I was at the combine. And I don't know, man. A dude just seemed like he just Dude just seemed like he just in love with himself. I don't feel like this dude is better than Hendon Hooker. I don't know how this guy like just automatically like just became like this overnight sensation. 
I don't know if it's just I don't know. Maybe you know what I'm saying they they fell in love with the dude because he had he got his shirt off or something like that. I don't know flexing some muscle or something. I don't know what it is, man. But I'm just not impressed. I'm not impressed about anything this dude has done. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that he can spin it, like. But I've seen all those other quarterbacks that can spin it. I just think that this dude is basically all hype right now. I I ain't seen it. I I haven't seen it. People. Like people giving this dude like so many excuses. Oh, he was dealing with injuries. He fought through injuries. He's a warrior. This, that, and the third. Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I'm not not a real big fan of him like that. Like, seriously. I just don't understand like how this dude, how this dude like had that stat line and everybody just around this thing going crazy. Just the same way with Anthony Richardson. You know, like it's like Anthony Richardson wasn't even that good in college. You know, like he wasn't. Like if people just love his upside and he's physically imposing, like the dude is a genetic freak. Like if you see him in person, I get it, but I'm just not like, I, what have these guys done to be in this position? Like you look at a guy like Hendon Hooker, like Hendon Hooker, you know, you've seen his stat line. You've seen him put up five touchdowns. You've seen him light up some of the best teams in the SEC. You've seen it. Like when it comes to Bryce Young, you've seen this dude light, light it up. C.J. Stroud, you seen him light it up against Georgia. They lost by one point against Georgia. You seen it. Like, I can understand why those guys are worth the price of admission. I can understand why guys are going crazy over those guys. But Will Levis, seriously, like Anthony Richardson, like what have they done? I'm not saying, like, they might go on and be really good pros. But what have they done in order for them to, like, generate this type of hype? Besides the fact that they play the quarterback position and what they making viral videos, I guess. I'm just not a fan. Like, I don't understand, like, how n- nobody seems to want to talk about Hendon Hooker and what he has done. Everybody just kind of just cast them off as a, you know what I'm saying, as a pick maybe in the second or the thir- third round. But guys like Will Levis, who had 10 picks, gets the excuse, oh, he was, he was battling injuries throughout the season. What happened with Anthony Richardson? Like, I, I don't know. Like a guy that can please under 50, 60% of his passes. And yet this guy's supposed to be an overnight sensation. I'm, I'm just not buying it, man. Like I'm supposed to believe that Will Levis, who threw 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, is supposed to be a greater quarterback than a guy like C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud didn't, didn't score high enough on a C2 cognitive test. Like, I, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, man. Will Levis to me seems like he just kind of all hype. Do remind he. He's Kyle Bowler, like, to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, a guy who went out there, he had, like, all type of arm talent. Kyle Bowler can throw 70 yards on his knee. And he used to be throwing all these freakishly um, freakishly athletic things at the quarterback position, but couldn't hit the back of a barn door when it was all said and done. So, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe y'all feel a certain way about Will Levis, but as a number one pick, no. Like, him being in the top five, to me, is a stretch. Like, I feel like this dude should be picked in the teens. I mean, but I don't know. Like, based on what I saw, I, I ain't, I'm not really that impressed. Not that impressed at all. And here's the reality. Like, people will say, well, his talent, you couldn't really show see his talent and what he actually was because the team that he played on. New Flash, any NFL team that this dude goes to, they're probably going to be struggling right if you're getting picked in if you're picking in the top five you're going to a team that sucked right so it's going to be your job to elevate those guys 
to elevate the wide receivers, the running backs, and everybody around you. So if he couldn't, if he couldn't show flashes of that in college, what makes you think he can do that in the pros? That's all I'm saying. That I mean, when God when guys struggle in college to me, I think the best situation for them is to go to a team that's established. It might be a blessing in disguise. You start getting picked in the 20s and stuff like that. You go to a team that's a playoff team, and they're not really counting on you to be everything they want you to be versus being a top five pick. Then every organization and every fan within those organizations look at you as the savior. None of those guys are savior worthy to me. Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, in my honest opinion, not not coming off the not co- jumping off the turnip truck day night. Uh, honestly, TJ, if, if I'm the Saints, I'm taking Tulu uh, Katupu. Uh, let's see uh, at 29. Uh, what is I, I don't man talking about you, you? You talking about a guy from Alabama? You talking about Tulu? Oh, okay. Talking about the guy from Alabama, if I'm a, if I'm not mistaken, that's the that's the guy you're talking about. No way. If we talking about the same guy, no, no way. We ain't talking about the I I, I don't think we talking about the same guy. Can't be. But no, not not with a first round pick. If we talking about the same guy, I'm thinking we 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 talking about no. Uh, okay, from US oh USC. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Whew, that's a tough one right there. Um. I don't know. That's that's a tough one right there. Okay, the guy from USC. I'm thinking you talking about the guy from Alabama. No, um, that's a tough one right there. That that that's, that's a tough one right there. I don't know, man. You think he a first round pick? You think he first round worthy? I, I don't know, man. Uh, to be fair, I didn't watch a lot of USC. I mean, honestly, man, I had to um, I had to go back and watch. You know what I'm saying? Some film on a lot of these guys that play in the Pac-12. Um, I was looking at a quarterback, uh, you know, the quarterback out of UCLA, because you know, he went go he came to visit the Saints. And I just think that, you know, a lot of guys that they play on the West Coast, they get the short end of the stick because ain't nobody really watching them like that. But I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. I don't know. First round pick. I'm trying to think, man. I'm I'm trying to think. I got to go back and watch this dude. I got to go back and watch. Like, I don't know about first round pick. Maybe like, it, maybe like a second, like a, a mid second round pick. But I'll be, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and watch. I, I, to be fair, I got to go back and watch and, and, and see uh, is, is, it, is this first round pick worthy. But um, like I said, I haven't really watched a lot of those West Coast guys. Cause I don't know, man. It just got a lot of these other guys that I've seen, um, you know, from from schools and stuff like that. Rather, I watched the games, or I just went back and watched film based on me meeting them in a the draft. Cause man, you know, when you go to the combine, they give you like a list of different guys that's going to be taking a part in it, right? And what you do is you select guys who you feel like your team is going to be probably going to draft right so that's that's kind of what i did that guy you know i I don't know like i said i didn't i didn't get the opportunity to check that out uh the third thank you very much for five dollars says why you always gotta uh, lump me in with this and that (laughs) i don't even like them guys and you always put me last too i see how it is says the third yeah this that and the third well you know 
If I say one one thing, then I say a second thing, then what's going to be next? The third. I can't say the three, two, and the one, I guess. But thank you very much, third, for the five dollars. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to see. I'm going to stroll up a little bit. Let me see. Y'all just getting Bishop Bowwinkle today. Yeah, I mean, look, man, we gotta give we gotta give some love to the bishop, man. We back, man. It's been it's been a minute, man. You know, when when draft season comes around, draft week, football is, is officially back. Says uh Henry Hooker is better than Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. In my opinion, yes, he is. And he doesn't get the respect. And I think it has a lot to do with uh Josh Heupel's offense. People are just basically saying that is the, the the offense is basically just kind of like one read and all that kind of stuff. But watching this dude dissect the game, any coach, any reporter that you talk to, including people, you know, I have the, the honor and, and the privilege of learning to know all of them for the most part tell me this dude is an extremely smart guy when it comes to breaking down film. Better than – Richardson better than Levis, like he leaves you freakishly impressed with that, right? Especially coming from a school once again, uh, where Josh Heupel, who has that reputation of having a certain type of offense that they feel like won't translate to the league. The fact that he can break it down like that impressed a lot of people. So to me, I just feel like th- th- it ain't fair. I just feel like this guy tore his ACL and then people just forget this guy existed, which is isn't right. Uh, C.J. Stroud, the second-best quarterback in the draft. I agree with that. Man, T.J. got something to say about old Will. Yeah, man, look, I, I ain't seen it. I ain't seen it. I'm sorry, man. I ain't seen it. Like, watching watching film and watching all these type of things, man, like, I ain't seen it. I, I have not seen it. It's like they're trying to gas this dude up and all that dumb stuff he be doing, like putting mayonnaise and coffee and stuff like that and taking selfies in the mirror of himself. Like, hey, what, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like, once again, it's like a love affair going on between Will Levis and Will Levis. Think the dude love himself some him. And um, all these viral videos to me ain't proving nothing to me. You know, I mean, once again, he can spin it, but Jeff Joyce can spin it. You know, Kyle Bowler can spin it. Jamarcus Russell can spin it. You know, I can name some guys who, you know, I mean, Trent Dilfer could spin it. But guess what, man? Them guys were just straight up, some straight up scrubs for the most part. And I mean, I ain't saying to do the scrub, but he's scrubbish to me. You know what I'm saying? I, it's almost like, it's almost like they're, they're trying to hype this dude up. Like it's always every year, there's a freakish athlete at quarterback or a guy who nobody ever seen because you probably sleep when they playing. And then all of a sudden, Ty McShay and Mel Kuyper, who do a you know good job, shouts out to him, and and very nice, you know what I'm saying, by the way. Um, but at the end of the day, like they always gassing these guys up. Oh, this is a can't-miss guy. I'd be shocked if this guy isn't one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And then the next thing you know, three years later, this dude holding the clipboard. Or you're you're headlining a show talking about how much of a scrub the guy is. All I'm saying is Will Levis got to prove something to me. It, it, the the hype behind this dude seems like you know it, it has done more of a job than him as a quarterback. I mean, like I said, you could probably run this thing back in a couple of uh, years, and this may sound like the dumbest take ever, but right now I just I I, I don't see it. 
I do I do not see it. Everything about this dude, in my opinion, from what I see, would rub me the wrong way, right? I mean, I don't look, maybe what I'm seeing is not to like what this guy is actually like, but as a teammate, what what that what is being shown and what they what they're making this out to be, I I, I couldn't mess with him. I don't think I, I I don't I don't think I would like the guy. You know, because I mean I, I don't know. Uh, uh TJ, we need Mike Dicker. Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no. To do what? <laughs> what we need him to do. I think what he's doing right now is, you know, the best thing that he could do, which is be out of sight and out of mind. Let's see. A Will Levis does not love me some him. Uh, let's see. Only I love of me some him. Check my catalog if you don't believe me. Says Tony Braxton. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike Dettier, way better. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly who we're talking about here, but anything – that that involves Mike the TA, I'm all I'm on board for. One of my favorite people in the world. One of my favorite people in the world. Uh, even Kellen Moore can spin it. Exactly. Like I I mean Kellen Moore when he was at Boise State, like man, him and um the other guy that came before him, Zach Zabransky, I mean, them boys put Boise State on the map. But you know, when you go to them pros, it's a whole different ball game. I'm just saying, man, you you know what this like? You know what Will Levis reminds me of. If you ever seen that movie Draft Day, right? He reminds me of the guy who P Diddy was the agent for, the quarterback. Uh, you know that was supposed to go high in the draft and stuff like that. That's who he reminds me of. Like he reminds me of that guy. Like he was hyping him up, and he supposed to be this, that, and all that in the Hot Wheel track. And you know, if they they start doing some digging and they realize that you know, guy wasn't all he paying out to be. So. I don't know. I, look, I'm I'm rolling with I'm rolling with Bryce Young. I'm rolling with CJ Stroud. I'm rolling with Hendon Hooker before I roll with any of those guys. And I would even have to honestly, I would even have to go and watch some tape on Tanner McKee before I even consider Will Levis. That's the way I feel about this dude. Like seriously, man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not impressed, man. I'm not like arm talent, yeah. Skill set yeah but i'm just saying like it anybody that plays organized sports knows that it is more it, it takes more than that it takes more than that just to be you know what I'm saying to be one of the best like you have to ingratiate yourself in, in the fabric of, of, of the team and i don't know you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know I, I don't i don't know how this dude would be in the locker room but once again I'm only going by based on what is being presented to me. It just seems like the do boys are doing their due diligence to make this dude shine like gold. And, um, you, you know, like, like, uh, Andre 3000 say, lean a little bit closer. Seems like the roses really smell like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. Saying, uh, let's see. Uh, Levis is all hype. They trying to put arm strength above everything to put him up there when his decision-making is subpar. All I'm saying is go back and watch the tape. I'm just saying, like, yeah, he can spin it, but <laughs> you're spinning it down the field <laughs> for a pick six or interception. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, man, that's a beautiful interception that boy just threw. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Scramble to the right. Ooh, that, 
that's a spiral, boy. He caught that joint, the other team. So I, I don't know. Maybe, like I said, maybe I'll be too hard on old Willie, but uh, I ain't seen it. I ain't seen it, folks. I'm sorry. Y'all know, y'all know, like y'all know me, man. I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm one of those individuals that I'm pretty level-headed when it comes to people. I'm like, okay, I will, you know, I'll reserve my judgment till the facts come out. I'm just saying, based on what I'm seeing right now, dude gonna have to change, he's gonna have to change a little bit of himself in order for him to like, you know, fit in the locker room. TJ, unmind me quickly so I can unblock Jerry to mind me up again, and I'll let you know when. Uh, let's see, I have him unblocked. Well, I, Josh, I, the only thing about it is I can't do that while I'm live. Like, I can't do that while I'm live. I actually, I actually have to go after the show in order for me to do that. And hopefully it still will be up there. But I can't do that while I'm live. Um, but I, I'll make sure that I, uh, I do that once the show is all said and done. All right, let's see. Uh, let Panthers draft them. Well, I hope they, 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 well, I, look, I don't see the Panthers doing it. Like, I, I would, I would be saying that just, and I would just sound like you're just a, a, a homer there. But in reality, the Panthers are a pretty smart organization. I, I, I give them credit with credits do. Like, yeah, they, the Matt Rule experience didn't work out, but they do a pretty good job at hiring guys. John Fox was a good, um you know higher ron rivera was a good hire you know like they 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 they've have a history of hiring some good coaches and, and doing some really good things so i look i i don't want to believe that they would do something this dumb when you got bryce young sitting right there and you got cj strauss sitting right there you go with will levis because you watch some tape of him hitting the goal post from 50 yards away not impressed uh they are not that stupid no they're not they're not how that happened? Uh, did you see what I said about Carr? No, I didn't. What, what do you say about Carr? Can you uh, did you say it in the chat or did you say it like uh somewhere else? I, I don't see it. I don't see anything about Derek Carr on here. If you said if you said it, I apologize. I didn't catch it. I'm gonna read a few more and then we're gonna get up out of here. Um, already found a lot of this stuff already read. Wow. Dang, I was going through it today. Let's see. Agents are hyping these guys up. Well, look, they should. That's their job to hype them up now. I'm like, you know, look, if I'm paying you, I want you people to think that I'm Jesus in cleats. You know, <laughs> please, man, you think you think Jesus walked on water. Watch what this dude do when he get on that grass. You know, like I don't look, I'm not knocking anybody for doing it. Like they're doing their job. Like that's that's a part of it. Right. It, it's It's about. It is about doing PR, right? It's it's about making this guy look like he's the the best thing possible. Like by them doing it, like I will say this: his team is on point because I've never seen somebody do the bare minimum seem like they did so much. You know, like <laughs> like was this dude like considered for any like anything in twenty twenty two? Like was he off the SEC offensive player of the year? Uh, like. Like what has he done? That's all I'm saying. Like, like Anthony, like Anthony Richardson. What has he done? What what is these dudes? What have these dudes done? Like, where's the highlights? Where is the key victories? Where is it? Like, where where is the moments where you like, you know what? They got something there. Where is that? That's all. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking, man. Where is that? 
as, as, as the country folk would say, why is that? That's all I want to know where it is. I ain't seen it. I see, I see highlights of Anthony Richardson breaking tackles and stuff like that and hard to bring down, and that's cool. But where's the like where's the clutch moments where your team is down by th- you know three touchdowns and you facilitate the biggest comeback in school history? Where that's at? All I'm hearing is a bunch of guys getting hyped up, man. But when I look at the stats and when I put it under the magnifying glass, I ain't seen it. I, I don't see it. Where is it? Like, where, where is it? Like, am I being, like, I'm sorry. Who that nation? Am I being, like, am I being too hard on these dudes? Because all I'm saying is, if you're if you're telling me that a guy like Hendon Hooker isn't good enough, right, because of the system that he came from, but this dude had, what, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions before he went down with ACL injury, and you're telling me that this dude is supposed to be, what, a second or a late second, early third round pick, but you're telling me a guy like Anthony Richardson, just because he looks, you know what I'm saying, because he can have like a 40-inch vertical leap, throwing the ball 75 yards, throwing it so high, hit the top of the ceiling, who cares? Who cares, man? Like, seriously, that's that's not going to be that like that's not going to generate victories. That's not. That's not going to generate victories. You can make an argument, like honestly, Patrick Mahomes. Let's let's take Patrick Mahomes for example. Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech. You might have heard of Patrick Mahomes when he was in college, right? But you've seen it, like you've seen the throws, you've seen them light it up. You've seen him go toe-to-toe with some of the teams in the Big 12, even though they lost, but he was right there going toe-to-toe with some of the best, guys that were like Heisman Trophy winners, guys that were runner-ups. You can see it, right? And you can understand why everybody was so hyped behind this dude because he was lighting it up. But then, you know, you telling me Anthony Richardson, like, dude, completed under 60% of his passes. Will Levis. Had double digit interceptions. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, what makes these guys that special for us to feel like these guys are going to be generational talents that's going to change the misfortunes of a franchise? Like, no, sir. Like, you got to prove it to me. Once again, I don't mind eating crow. I don't. But you're going to have to prove it to me. Like right now, it's just a bunch of you know a bunch of talking heads that's that's getting these guys in the room. But in reality, if you if you really do your due diligence, you realize that do they really? Or you ask the question, do they really belong here? To me, no, they don't. Tough love is what these guys need. It's about the upside, TJ. Yeah, I get it. Like I get the upside. I I get it. Sharp, I, I get it. I get the upside. I understand that point right there. But all I'm saying is I can't do nothing with that. Like, seriously, can can upside win me games right now? Like, think about this. If the Carolina Panthers draft, like, I'm I'm going to put this into context for anybody that's out here that's wondering. If Carolina draft Bryce Young, which I'm pretty sure that they will, I'm nervous as a Saints fan because the dude is talented. C.J. Stroud the same way. Hendon Hooker, yeah, to a certain extent. Not, not as much, I'm going to be honest, not as much as C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, but when he start to catch on, I would be a little bit nervous because of his accuracy and his high completion percentage. Will Levis or Anthony Richardson gets drafted by Carolina or any of those guys get, like, let's just say if, they, if the Atlanta Falcons decide to 
you know, we don't know about Desmond Ritter and we draft one of these guys, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I am not losing no sleep. That's the way I feel about it. I'm not losing no sleep because I know for a fact that those guys cannot come into the league and light it up like some of these other guys. Like, I feel like they're going to have to go through growing pains. It's not going to be like RG3's uh, debut when he lit up the Saints when he was with the Redskins during the time or Cam Newton when he was on that, you know what I'm saying, when he was on his tear as a rookie. I don't feel a, no type of way about any of those guys that has me shaking a quivering in my boots about their abilities because I, I think that it, it's going to take them some time in order for them to be formidable in the league. And that's all I'm saying. Like, upside is cool, but upside is not top five, right, to me. You know, up, upside means, like, you, you have the ability to do so, but the ability to do so, that's like second and third round picks, in my opinion. Uh, Josh Allen wasn't that impressive coming out. I mean, look, to be to be to be quite honest with you, that's my that was my whole point. That's my whole point. I said right away, right? I said right away. Like Josh Allen, he, you know, his first couple of years, he made plays, but most of most of his most impressive stuff was him scrambling out the pocket and hurling guys. It wasn't until, like, Brian Dayball really got with him that he turned into the quarterback that we see today. So it took him, like, around three years. That's my whole point. So when you make the, the, the statement about upside, that's what I mean. Upside, yeah, that's a good thing, but it's going to take some years for them to actually reach their full potential. But in the process, in the process, teams like the Saints, teams like the Falcons, you know, they're going to be winning in the process because you're waiting for this guy to be everything you want him to be. So I'm just saying, like, if you are a team, you know what I'm saying, that that is struggling and you need and you need somebody to come and change the misfortunes of your franchise, I don't feel like these guys are. And also I can say with Josh Allen, uh, uh, Sharp, I can say this. Josh Allen went to a team that was really good defensively. Sean McDermott is one of the most underrated defensive coaches that you that is out there. We got to remember, man, how much how many problems and how much trouble he used to put Drew Brees and the Saints in when he was the defensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. So when you have a good defense, right, your defense can get you the ball back as a young quarterback many a times. Right. In order for you to kind of get better and get acclimated and, and, you know, what I'm saying and start to really get polished. So he had that. If you're looking at some of these other teams, the Vegas Raiders, I mean, the defense ain't, ain't, ain't stopping nobody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You got you got a good running game with Josh Jacobs and you got Devontae Adams out there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But I mean, as overall team. You know, like I just think that when I when I think about it, man, if you have upside and you have the potential, the keyword potential, you need other things around you until that potential is reached. And then you have some guys out here that can overcome those situations and they can play really, really well to a point where, you know, they'll keep you in the game, right? Because of it like like with Joe Burrow, for example. Joe Burrow, 
the Bengals didn't have a really good defense. Like all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? When Trey Henderson and Sam Hubbard and all them boys start to like start to develop and get together, they got better. But when he first got there, man, it was just Joe Burrow up there throwing it up to Jamar Chase, drawing it up to T. Higgins, drawing it up to CJ Uzama. That's what it was, right? So you have a quarterback that can overcome his circumstance. Those are the Bryce Youngs, in my opinion. Those are the CJ Strauss. That's not Will Levis, and that's not Anthony Richardson. It's not. It's not. It is it, it, is levels to this. I agree with Sharp. You're absolutely right. Upside is, is the reason why we're talking about these guys, but upside is not going to get you wins right away. Upside is a project. A project that may consider a guy sitting on a bench for six weeks while a, a bridge quarterback is in or having a hellacious defense to be able to counteract the rookie's mistakes. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, Josh Allen got uh, with the right coaching staff. Exactly. He, in, he inherited a team that had a really good defense already. Um, that's what he had. You know, like, and he was able to develop because the defense was able to make some plays and he was able to like do some things, you know, they, they end up getting a uh, Stefan dig. That was a good, uh, that was a good pickup, you know, and that, that helped them out tremendously. And then you got a uh, Dawson Knox out there. I mean, look, he, he came into a really good situation. He came into a really good situation. TJ remember Jalen Ramsey was talking trash about Josh Allen. Look what happened. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, at the beginning, he was not who we see him as today. He turned into that. But like I said, they had some they, – they already had a, a very promising team. Like, them, them boys went to the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback. No disrespect to Tyrod. Tyrod isn't the worst quarterback I've ever seen, but I don't think anybody's going to mistake Tyrod Taylor for the second coming of Joe Montana or Tom Brady. But they still made the playoffs because they had a really good defense. They had a, a solid running game. And Tyrod, you know, went out there and he pretty much managed the game at times. So let's see. He was an understanding coach. Anthony Richardson with the right system would be a good second. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, and that's that's my that's my whole that's my whole point of this. Like coming out of the draft, day one starter. I don't think that you're going to get the results you want. You know, the guy's not going to lead you to the playoffs. He's not, he probably will win you some games because of his athletic ability from time to time. But more often than not, it's going to take some growing pains in order for him to reach his full potential. TJ, who would you, uh, who would be your number one pick of all time in your opinion? Of all time? My number one pick of all time, without a shadow of a doubt, Lawrence Taylor. My number one pick, Lawrence Taylor, would be my number one pick. That that would be and Lawrence Taylor w- was incredible. So many rules and <laughs> so many rules were put in place because of Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> you know, so I mean, yeah, that would go with Lawrence Taylor. Reggie White, I see uh you you put Donald uh Reggie White. I mean, Reggie White. Used to take his hand and club offensive lineman across the head with him, give him a brief concussion, you know, like and have him all wobbly and stuff like that on spaghettios. Um, they had to change the rule about that, you know. But um, yeah, I think I would go with Lawrence Taylor, man. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Both of them were great in any time. You know, I, I still remember when uh <laughs> Reggie White pushed Chris Carter out the way like he was a child. 
Like to get to the quarterback, I was like, man, that is crazy. This dude did it with one hand, took one hand and slung that guy back, and he went back <laughs> about 10 yards, man. I was like, man, well, if I was an offensive lineman and I seen that, man, I'd be like, nah, I don't know about that. Not today. <laughs> um, but I think that's pretty much it, man. I want to say thank y'all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody that contributed to the show. Shouts out to everybody that donated to the show. Um, I'm asking everybody uh, to uh, make sure that you tune in on Thursday, which is draft night, uh, the third annual. I think it's third, right? Is it third? Yeah, I think it is third. Third annual um, State of the Saints podcast draft party. Uh, we're going to be talking NFL draft. Uh, we're going to be breaking down each team because we're also going to be streaming live on the Gumbo Pie Sports podcast channel. Uh, and uh, I'm excited about that. You know, we're going to be breaking down all the teams. All right. I'm um, also going to be talking about Saints football as well. Um, but on tomorrow, on Wednesday uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern time, I will be on the Corner Boot podcast. Um, you can uh, go to YouTube.com, search Corner Booth podcast i'll be on there uh, as a guest all of these uh links are available on on my twitter page all right tjay jones eight so if you want to click on it and check it out also on thursday once again the draft party and on friday at 6 30 p.m eastern i'll be on roar of the lions uk um it is a a, a lions podcast that is based out in the united kingdom uh talking about new orleans saints uh first round and the draft pick that they picked up so Excited about that, man. It's my first time actually being able to be on a podcast uh, from individuals from the UK. Uh, it's pretty dope, man, that uh, the State of Saints podcast has reached, you know what I'm saying, over across the pine for them to be able to find us and be able to invite us on the show. So I'm excited about that, man. But that's that's the week. Excited about it. It's a great time. Football is back. I know the Who That Nation, you all are excited because – uh, we're excited to see what direction the New Orleans Saints are going to go in and what additions are going to come to the team to hopefully get the team back to uh, their playoff ways. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that like button if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. We got previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, also a part of Megaphone FM and uh, the Belly Up Media Network. Make sure that you follow them on Twitter as well. All you have to do is search Belly Up Media. Uh, check out the Gumbo Pot Sports Podcast that's available. Uh, got an episode that's going to be coming out this afternoon. Well, not this afternoon. I'm going to record it after I do this show. But it's going to be coming out uh, later on this evening. We're going to be talking about the trade of Aaron Rodgers from the Packers to the Jets. We're going to be talking about Deion Sanders losing 13, uh, tra- <laughs> 13 players in the transfer portal. And uh, we got many, uh, plenty more coming up uh, on the Gumbo Pie. So make sure that you subscribe to that channel. That is YouTube.com. Search Gumbo Pie Sports Podcast. Till next time, all I got to say is. Hey, don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good.